Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of 1 Samuel, looking at 1 Samuel chapter 5. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. When the Philistines captured the Ark of God, they brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then the Philistines took the Ark of God and brought it into the house of Dagon and set it up beside Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and put him back in his place. But when they rose early on the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen face downward on the ground before the ark of the Lord and the head of Dagon, and both of his hands were lying cut off on the threshold. Only the trunk of Dagon was left to him. This is why the priest of Dagon and all who enter the house of Dagon do not tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod to this day. The hand of the Lord was heavy against the people of Ashdod, and he terrified and afflicted them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. And when the men of Ashdod saw how things were, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is hard against us and against Dagon our God. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be brought around to Gath. So they brought the ark of the God of Israel there. But after they had brought it around, the hand of the Lord was against the city, causing a very great panic. And he afflicted the men of the city, both young and old, so that tumors broke out on them. So they sent the ark of God to Ekron. But as soon as the ark of God came to Ekron, the people of Ekron cried out, They have brought around to us the ark of God of Israel to kill us and our people. They sent, therefore, and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel and let it return to its own place, that it might not kill us or our people. For there was a deathly panic throughout the whole city. The hand of God was very heavy there. The men who did not die were struck with tumors, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. In this chapter, the Philistines have captured the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of God. This was a wooden box covered in gold and had cherubim seated on the top, and we're told in Scripture that this is the place where the presence of God rested. This was the point where heaven and earth connected. This was a sacred relic in the life of the Israelite people. They had not taken very good care of it and had allowed it to be captured in battle. Now the Philistines had it, but we see in this chapter that they certainly didn't know for sure what to do with it. What they learn is that God has a proper place in the lives of his people, and if he's not there, he will continue to make himself known. What the Philistines were lacking when they captured the ark was humility before the creator of the universe. But they found that in the course of these events as God continued to make himself known. Because they had been unwilling to humble themselves before God, God humbled them. And by the end of the story, God's presence is returned to its proper place. And in the same way for us, God has a proper place in our lives. If we're not willing to let him take up residence there, if we're not willing to let his presence be there, 
if we try to avoid or ignore that presence. He will continue to make himself known. So let's look at the three cities that the Philistines take the ark to and see if we can draw some lessons from them. First of all, they take the ark to Ashdod. This is where they built a large temple to their god Dagon. In this temple is a large statue of their deity, and this is where they would come to worship. It's where their priest would do the services and rituals to appease this god. They had been worshiping this god and felt like it was this god Dagon that had been giving them success. But now they have the ark of the god of Israel, and they seem to think if one god is good, two gods are better. And so they set the ark next to Dagon, and now they have the presence of two of these deities in their midst. At least that's how they see it. But after they do this, overnight, the statue of Dagon falls. They hurry to get him back in his place and get him set up right in the next night. He falls again, but this time the head breaks off and the arms break off and they're across the threshold. It was such a jarring experience for these Philistines that from that point forward, they never stepped on the threshold at the temple of Dagon. Where they had messed up is thinking that the God of Israel could peacefully coexist with any other deity. God would not allow that. He was not going to let the Philistines see his presence as being co-equal to the statue that they had erected of Dagon. And because we know how the story ends, and we are believers in God as well, it's easy for us to look at the Philistines and think they're being foolish. But the reality is we often in our own lives try to put God alongside idols that we serve, whether it's power, prestige, possessions, whether it's selfish indulgence, whether it's the pursuit of relationships. There are many things in our own lives that we let dictate our decision-making instead of God, and that makes it an idol in our lives. And so to claim a belief in God while doing those things, we're trying to have God and our idol exist side by side. But Jesus warns us that we can't serve two masters. We're going to hang on to one and reject the other. It's inevitable. So the only way to make sure that you stay loyal to God is to remove the idols, not push God off to the side. After they realized that they couldn't have the presence of God alongside their idol, they decided to move the presence of God completely from their lives in Ashdod. They moved him to a town called Gath a place where they felt the ark and the presence of God would be out of their way and not affect them. The problem they had was that it was still affecting the lives of the Philistines. People were breaking out in tumors, and some were even dying as a result of the sickness that was incurred after the ark was brought to Gath. They came to see that they couldn't just put the presence of God out of the way, out of their minds, and ignore it. That God would continually make his presence known. But in the same way that the Philistines attempted that, we're often guilty of doing the same thing. We try to leave God in places where we won't be bothered by his presence. It seems to most often happen at church. We feel an obligation maybe to go to church. Maybe we even enjoy the experience and in the moment find it very helpful, reassuring, maybe even enlightening. But when we leave our church assemblies and opportunities present them for us to do things that may be contrary to what God would have us do, things that indulge our selfishness rather than promote his kingdom, we're often content to leave God behind at the church building. Some of us may even 
take God to the home, but when we leave home, we try to leave God there. There are places in our lives where it's inconvenient for God to be there with us because we're pursuing our own agenda rather than his. And so we try to leave him in places where we won't be bothered by his presence, where we can keep him out of mind and out of our decision-making. But as the people of Gath grow increasingly aware of God's presence, they want him gone completely. They want to move him on to the next town, so they send him to Akron. And Akron is a place immediately that completely misunderstands what's going on. They think the Philistine leadership has sent this ark there so that the God of Israel would destroy them. They feel that they're having something forced on them that they don't want any part of. And they don't think it's fair. They don't think it's right. And they think that the people in charge shouldn't bother them this way. They don't understand God or his presence or what anyone is trying to accomplish by bringing the ark there. For us, there are probably often times where the presence of God in us is misunderstood. It certainly seems that most places we would go nowadays would not fully understand the presence of God. But the thing that we need to make sure is that that misunderstanding is not our fault. See, the Philistines brought the Ark of God to Ekron with no announcement about what they were doing, and it came with a sense of doom and gloom. These folks in Ekron were convinced that they had just been given a death sentence. That is in sharp contrast to the way that God's presence was announced in the New Testament. It was literally called good news. Awareness of the presence of God in our lives, the lives of others, should be life-giving and affirming, not defeatist and damning. I understand people are participating in behaviors they may need to change. But before they can even be convinced of those changes, they need to know that life is available from God through the person of Jesus. They need to fall in love with him and know that he is supreme ruler of the universe before we'll have positive results in affecting behavior change. The reality is if the people we come in contact with don't understand the presence of God in our lives— It may be that we are not bringing glory to God. We are announcing that presence in a very condemning and hostile way rather than an encouraging and uplifting way. Eventually, the people of Ekron realize that God's presence should be returned to its proper place. The ark of the God of Israel needed to be in Israel. His presence needed to rest among his people. And the people of Ekron or any of the Philistines had not made a commitment to be a part of his people. So we'll read in the next chapter what happens when they decide to send the ark back. But as we reflect on that decision that they made, we need to be willing to make a decision ourselves. Are we going to be one of God's people and let his presence reside in us and do so in a way that brings glory and honor to his name? Or will we insist on being more like the Philistines who try to coexist or ignore that presence? Scripture tells us of a day when everyone will be made aware of the presence of God and the reality of God, but it's only those who have allowed His presence to dwell in them that will be rewarded. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, kalirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.